Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass-Kicking, But We're Afraid You Get Your Ass Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. I'm also joined by John Nash, host of the Show Money podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Today, we're looking ahead to UFC 279. But first, let's check back on last night's card, and damn it, John's in the winning column again. Something has gone wrong, Eugene. Uh, You know, I mean, it's typical. He chose his picks like he chooses everything else in his life. Safe picks. You know, safe choices. You know. The Warren Buffett method. Yeah, mediocre oh. moderation. You know, what what can you do with somebody like that, you know? <laughs> Not an ounce of adventure in his life, mirrored by his middle-of-the-road picks. I mean, somebody like me, I went out. I went out on that bleeding edge and picked Vittori, or did I? I think I did, right? You did, so. but you and I also went on the bleeding edge and picked Tuivasa, and I love that fight. And Tuivasa comes away um, not losing a single ounce of the the bravado that he came in with. I mean, I just I think that he didn't lose anything in that fight. He actually gained something. Everybody won. Yes, Everybody won because, absolutely. you know, Gon had, Gon had been tagged as a boring guy and, you know, boring point fighter. And he actually got and he said himself, he goes, I have never been hit like that before in my life. You yeah. know, so now he welcome to the club. You now know where you are, you know. And it was nice, too, because it took Tai Tuivasa to pull the beast out of uh, out of Cyril Gon. I mean, he was ferocious in there. And you know what it also showed was that Gon can take a punch. Wow. I mean, he got knocked down and recovered and came back. I mean, his recovery was quick, too. I mean, it was just he was back in there inside of 10 seconds. He It was like he shook it completely off. But, but- I know a guy, a, a pro fighter who said he got knocked out and what woke him up was hitting the mat. Mm. So he was unconscious standing. But by the time he had hit the mat, that jogged him back into consciousness. And I was like, that must have been a weird twilight few seconds there, you know? Yeah. John, let's let's uh, get your take on Gaunt. I'm finally pulling ahead. <laughs> Gosh, John, I finally, yes. I think I'm starting to run away with it now, I'll tell you the truth. But, uh, <laughs> oh, the easy, easy, easy. Yeah, well, or Eugene just falling off the map as you know, <laughs> lost, <laughs> off in the desert. <laughs> Vision questing. I say, yeah. who's out here? Who's out here with me? Oh, it's Cecil Peoples. Oh, yeah, he's, out, he's out on some walkabout. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it was a, that was a super entertaining uh, heavyweight fight that was one of the best that was up there with bigfoot hunt one as one of the most entertaining heavyweights it was and it had everything it was it the, the guys were very skilled what they did but it also had a level of absurdity where you wondered if gon's chin or two of us's midsection would survive longer when they both started falling apart there and also there was mm. a brief moment where we almost got tied to running straight into the fence <laughs> And I, I'm kind of I was strangely kind of disappointed that that didn't happen because I'm like, we don't see that. That'd be an incredible finish to a fight that a guy running away runs right into the fence and knocks himself out. <laughs> now, let's let's talk about the card as a whole real quick before we break this down a little further. I saw a lot of people saying this was an all time great card. Now, listen. That's madness. I thought it was a good, solid card. Excellent for a brand new venue, a brand new country, Paris's first uh, UFC event. That was great for that. But calling it an all-time great? No, no, no. Now, was 
gone to Ivasa, an all-time great fight? Yes, it was. But top to bottom, we got solid entertaining fights, but we didn't get top to bottom great fights. We got gone to Ivasa as an all-time classic, and then everything else was solid. That's what I'm calling. I would give that, that card a solid eight, but nine, ten, no, no, no. I don't know about even eight, you know. It was it was a solid card and the, the fights mattered. There were a lot of fights on the card that mattered. So well how so, many how many how many how many fights do we care about going into it? Oh, uh, let's see here. You had four. One, two, three, four. We all had four each. And, and how many fights were on the card total? Um we had twelve. So that's a third. That's that's not you know. That's, yeah, but that's there not... were some that were on the brink of relevancy or right on the outskirts that we chose to uh, take a pass on only because we wanted to see how the outcomes of these came out, and we mm. got some good outcomes here. So, and we got mm. Nasrat Hakparas finally figuring his shit out, and that that was a good outcome for there. But anyways, let's let's talk about Cyril Gone for one more second and then we'll move on to Robert Whitaker because Robert Whitaker put on an excellent performance. But let's talk about Cyril Gone and Tai Tuivasa. Eugene, what did you think when you saw Cyril Gone go down? Um well it was a it was a weird thing. I thought um I thought it was what like 37 seconds left in the round when he went down. Where mm-hmm. was the t- the I don't remember. At it what was, point in the round? It was fairly late in that first round. Uh you know, okay, so, the last minute of the round we'd say. Yeah, so I I thought well, there are a couple of ways that this could be played, you know, um you could swarm on the guy and think well, shit, 37 seconds maybe I got enough juice to get him out of there or create the you know, start looking at the ref, you know, uh leaning heavy into into the corner and just you know, winging these big king kong bombs on him or you say, well, I think I got him. I don't think he's going to bounce back enough for this next round for me. And then you come out gangbusters the next round. And I think he had recovered enough to make that an unwise proposition. And I think Tui's, you know, ring IQ, I would have gone for the former. He didn't. And, uh, and I was, I was thinking he will make it easy for gone or, or he will make it hard for God. But at this point, God's future is, is up to fate. And, uh, but you know, fate, what is that great Dom DeLuise line from the 12 chairs? Why do you think God gave me the strength to get up here and denied you the same? I think that uh, fate favored him uh, that day because he clearly, in my mind, with 37 seconds left in that round, could have created the illusion or the actuality that he was on the edge of death and not going to be able to get up and function. And the ref would have waved it off. And instead, he decided to pace and breathe. And that was all that, that God needed to say. I'm not going to get my ass beat in front of my hometown crowd. No way. All right. One thing that I did note was that those midsection kicks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, when Bisping said he's going to be tasting his lunch for a while, I firmly believe that. My goodness. And props to Bisping for knowing the difference in a front snap kick and a teep kick. Because a teep kick yep. is to the, the the midsection or the chest, and it's a push kick. But a snap kick is not. And everybody, that whole booth, except Bisping, kept calling everything a teep kick when they weren't. Yeah, that, so that props, was wrong. Yeah. props to Bisping for that. John, let me get your take on, on when Gone went down and what your initial reaction was. Oh, I thought he was in trouble. That's it. I thought, no, no. I mean, what, I mean, what more do you want to add? My initial reaction is, I actually did think he was knocked out in the first. He that was first knocked drop. out. He was. I mean, but I did. I, I thought the his head hitting the back. I thought it was the classic case of someone's head hitting the back of the ring, uh, the mat, and waking themselves up. And afterwards, I think he said that's what happened. I think you know. So that's. I was shocked that the fight continued, but at the same time, it, it went so quick. I could see that why they didn't stop it. And I thought the fight was over at that point, And I was super impressed the way he, you know, the, he collected himself immediately. And then I was floored when, um, uh, started wincing at the midsection. Yeah. 
Boy. You know, because I didn't see that coming either. I didn't realize he was working that much the body. So I, you know, hey, 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 hey John, how much did they pay you for saying what I just said? <laughs> well, no, but I'm the I'm a translator <laughs> because no one when you say okay. it, no one gets it. It's uh, uh okay. I I buy, I buy that. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, Steph. No, um, my next question before we move on is who would you like to see gone paired up with next and to Ivasa? So I'm going to have Eugene, you tell me who you want to see gone fight. And John, you tell me who you want to see to Ivasa fight. Eugene, go first. Well, gone is like saying they asked him that question. He's like, I only want to fight for the belt. No, that was I'm the asking idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. I'm not huh? asking what no, I'm not asking what gone wants. I want what No, 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 wants. no, I know that. I don't yeah. I'm just telling you my reaction to his yeah. saying oh. he wants to fight for the belt. Next I was like, Yeah, yeah, but yeah, just, just be quiet. Right now you're at the level of kind of uh, contender, but executive gatekeeper, you you need to, to handle business and the rest of the line instead of just waiting around like a princess. And that next to the line thing, I want to see him against a Russian guy who just put out uh who just put out Lewis. Okay. Okay. What about whose name I can't remember naturally. What about Curtis Blades though? Uh, I want to see that because remember how Francis Ngannou beat Cyril Gan was actually by out wrestling him. So I want to see Cyril Gan and Curtis Blades. Yeah, you, you. I think you'd end up regretting that. Um, that's a way for everybody to come out a, a loser. Yeah, a Blades might very well uh, win that and decommission a guy who would make an exciting fight with two strikers. I mean, eventually somebody's going to, you know, he goes up against a John Jones. This is an easy, easy pick. Wrestle a guy, you know, and he's not working on his wrestling. This is something that you can tell. Uh, but, um, you know, I don't want to think I. I don't want to see Sergei Pavlovich because he's not high enough up yet to be taking on the number one guy because Cyril yeah. Gan is the number one contender just underneath Francis Ngannou. He's a little bit right. beyond executive level gatekeeper. He's got well, one- I, say, I, I acknowledge it. I acknowledge that he's the number one contender as well. But, you know, the, given that the guy's got to do something. If, yeah, if, you give him get- Curtis Blades. That's what you do with mm. him. You give him the number mm. two guy. I mean, that's just my opinion. But Sergei Pavlovich only has one really solid win inside the top 10. All the rest, uh, well, I take that back too. Um, I I don't even know if Abdurahimov was ranked when Pavlovich beat him. But when he, um, his wins before that were Mo Green and Marcelo Gom, and he lost to an old ass Alistair Overeem. So I'm not in. I'm not in the mood to put him in there against Cyril. It's Gaon. a it, it, it's a rocky story. Then it's no threat to Gon. You keep him busy, keep him involved. He gets another some highlight reels. You quiet down Pavlovich, and that and that way you don't have. Curtis Blades oh, no. stinking up the joint, right? No way. We have to give him Curtis Blades. That's the thing. He's number two. You fight number one with number two. You don't fight number one with someone outside the ranking. Yeah, well, that's you. Eugene <laughs> <laughs> wants, wants a lot of these fight picking. I have him. I, I, I have him fight. I have him fight Herschel Walker. If I'm doing the fight picking, <laughs> John, let me hear from you, please. Who would you like to see tied to Ivasa fight? He's just going to say well, what I said. No, well, I, that's I why I asked like him the, a different question. Yeah, that's yeah, a whole different. Gonna, yeah, like he's still going to say the same thing. St- stop! Stop looking at my stop looking at my test here, Eugene. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, it's. I mean, I'm not Curtis Blades. Uh, I'm I I'm not putting him against Sam Curtis. I'm not. It's not Stipe because Stipe is not going to fight him. First of all, yeah. so he's waiting for either you know Ngannou or John Jones or waiting for a better contract or whatever. So it's pointless there. I think. Um, the truthfully, the guy, the best choice would have been Tom Aspinall. Uh, uh, Aspinall. Yeah. I can't remember how his name was. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, Tom Aspinall. You got it right. Uh, okay, gosh. It's one of those things where you, you, you words just don't sound <laughs> the same in the morning. But anyways, oh, t- Tom, I would have – but I'm not sure about his leg and when he's going to come back. So I, I guess I would go with uh, Volkov. Is the because I think he would kill Volkov and you know and if you if you really want to preserve him if you're like okay we want you know uh, we want to keep uh, we want to really put Tai Tuivasi back on path because we 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 love him at the top of the division then if it's not Volkov's a little bit of a threat but I think he'd beat him 
but then I would go with Rosenstruck. Oh, okay. Mm, I don't know about Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck's really fallen off a good bit. Yep. I like yeah. But he's still Tom got Aspinall. a little bit of a rank. So if you just want to get if the whole goal is just to give Ty Tuvasi a win uh, Tuvasi a win back and look mm-hmm. good. That's why I was thinking of him because he's still got his rank. You can take that rank from him, use it up, and 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 make you know and let the tie get a win and look good in the process. I love the idea of Tom Aspinall though. I really like that idea a lot. Well, that's when I yeah. That's if you're going to put him right back in contention. The winner of that though is right back in contention. So, yeah. but I guess that the whole the thing is what's going to happen to the heavyweight division. I mean, for me, the only way you can make those the the book those is you got to know what's going to happen with Ngannou. Mm. What are we going to do with the championship? Because if Ngannou is around, and then we're going to not, and he's going to be still the heavyweight champion, then we're going to go okay. Then it's going to probably be John Jones or Stip. So it's like a longer wait, but. A, if Ngana leaves and suddenly you've meant a new champion. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the co-main event. Robert Whitaker putting on an absolute clinic over Marvin Vittori. Now, I will give Marvin Vittori a little bit of credit because uh, it could be argued that he won the first round. But rounds two and three were 100% Robert Whitaker. It's like he uh, gets his legs under him in round one and just goes into overdrive in round two and three. I mean, that was a great, great display of technique from from Robert. Man, he is so good. I mean, the only person that's got his number is Izzy. And that last fight with Izzy was so much closer than the first one. You know what? I'm I'm totally down to see the third one. I am. How about you, Eugene? <laughs> no, I don't want to see a third one, but they have to think of something to do with this guy. And, and I, I have to tell you, the way that he beat Vittori, if I were Vittori at this point now, I'd take my gloves off and put them down in, mm-hmm. in, in the ring. You know, it wasn't I would rather get knocked out than <laughs> than than to um, it was like you know surgically solid it's yeah. like uh, it was like it's like an older brother wrestling with a younger brother it's like oh why are you hitting yourself it was just like <laughs> toy, toy. seriously it was like toy toying with the food at that point you know we're all a big talk about i'm gonna crush you and i was like but it wasn't yeah i don't know what you were thinking you were having that same disease that big guys always have that gets them hurt you know and carl gotch had a great saying he goes bulls get killed on the floor it's like you've I don't know what you were thinking, my man, uh, but you were clearly not ready for prime time. And this Izzy sucks and you deserve another shot. All that stuff now sounds like straw, you know, just pops and, and hisses. I don't I'm, I was really disappointed in Vittori. It, 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 the calls he made, the, the game plan, the uh, inability to, to, to score a solid takedown because of fear on the ground of the, you know, black belt, you just, uh, you know, man, it's like, you do understand this is MMA, right? Why, why are you there? I'm really, really disappointed with Vittori. And I know it's not his job to make me happy, but you know whose job it is? It's his job to make himself happy. And I don't venture a guess he was happy with how things turned out, you know? John, what'd you think? I, I just think Whitaker looked amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was just, he right. just, he's light year. He's so above Vittori it was it was comical at times I mean just it just there was no there was no real fight and that second and third round were so one side I mean t- those could have been 10-8 rounds yes, I don't know what the final it, judge score goodness, was but right that those, was dismantling. he was wasn't getting touched and just mark just rocking him every time mm-hmm. so that was a master class the problem is I, I don't think you can give Adesanya yet because it's like mm-hmm. no, it's only a one fight. Get. I think you got to say, but you could should tell Whitaker say, listen, if you win two more fights, we're going to give you the title shot. Here's the list. You know, if you beat two more top ten guys, we're going to we're, we're well. I mean, you got Pereira uh, for you know Izzy's going to fight Pereira next, but I say you don't even make them wait two fights. Whoever uh, loses. Or whoever wins, you could go either way. You know, you've got Pereira right there fighting for the title. If he doesn't win, uh, you could either give him Izzy or Pereira. Those are the only two people that I want to see Robert Whitaker fight. Everybody else can take a hike. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, but it's, I, I don't know. To me, it's too quick. It was, let me see, it was last February. It's got to be like a, uh, it, to me, you can't do a quick turnaround after you lost your second time. It can't. It's got to be like another at least eighteen months to a year, you know. So you got to say mid two thousand twenty three at the earliest. 
But when you so, look at middleweight right now, who do you put them with? You can't really, because middleweight's in a tricky division because it's just now getting a little tiny bit of legs under it, but it's all at the top. And Whitaker's beating everybody at the top. <laughs> yeah, Jack Jack Hermanson gets the next title shot. I'm, <laughs> no I'm not. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, you know, I, but I would use Whitaker to get rid of all the, 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 the riffraff, riffraff in the division that you want to, if you want to, if Paul Costa is not going to resign and the UFC wants to do him dirty, put him against Rick Whitaker. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. That would be so funny. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Let's- yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> you are exactly that. When he said that, John, just now, I smiled. You laughed and said that would be so funny. That's probably not a prerequisite for, for fight picking. If everybody in the room is sitting around laughing, I think that that's probably a problem. Yeah, but then that's what's so. That's the problem with this division. All of yeah. the talent sits at the very top, and so you've got this this clusterfuck. Pardon my French. Where that? Oh, nice language. This I is know. a family show. I know, but you you do you have that cluster. And they're they're just it's a constant circle of them fighting each other. We what we need is some some fresh blood in there that can uh, actually hang at the top. And we're not finding that. We thought Vittori was going to be that guy because he looks good against competition beneath him. But when he starts fighting up, that's where there's a problem. And he, you're right, Eugene. His whole game plan just fell apart. What, I mean, yeah. what was his game plan? He normally yeah. looks so good in fights, but again. Not above him, beneath mm-hmm. him. Well, I, I just I would give Whitaker like two more fights. Let him look very impressive, and then that way you can build him up too. Because then you can build in. Oh, Whitaker's changes. He's even got he, the fight was super close last time, but Whitaker's gotten even better. Then you can build up. Is this going to be the? You know, is this yeah. going to be finally the time that he beats Adesanya? Yeah. Does he have the third a, time, you know? the charm. That would be the the perfect tagline. Is the third time the charm? Anyways, let's get to a fight that you two chose and I passed on it. And I wish I hadn't, but uh, Nasruddin Imovov destroying Joaquin Buckley. And listen, you know what? I saw someone tweet this. I want to say it was um, PDL MMA Piddle. Anyways, he said something that just struck a note that Joaquin Buckley has one of the most amazing moments in all of MMA history with that, that, that crazy spinning kick thing, but he's actually not very good because he keeps making these rookie mistakes and getting his ass handed to him. And boy, Nasruddin Imovov just messed him all up. So, uh, John, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, it, yeah, no, actually, though, I, I, I'm going to give Buckley some credit because he, yep, he, Imamov, uh looked and I picked him, didn't I? I'm you pretty did. sure both I had to because I thought he was going to win. So you, yeah. you both won on this pick. Okay, yes. but he, he looked very impressed. But I, I give Buckley credit because he tried to initiate offense all the time. He tried to do something, and he was not incompetent out there. But Nasruddin is just the better fighter. And Nasruddin was smart, and every time he got caught, he would, you know, he'd turn to grappling, and when he wasn't grappling, he'd keep him at the distance. So I thought it was a very impressive showing by uh, uh, Nasruddin. I, I think, actually, I thought it was an impressive showing by Buckley. He's just not at that level. That's you know, the for, point that was being made, but he's not very good at this level. But, you know, you, you're, you're putting him in there against your really good guys, and he's getting smoked by the really good guys. He's another well, he one was that also, needs to he was fight. also the structural... I'm sorry, structural disadvantage, too. Oh, for sure, for sure. But Uh, but he's another guy, though, that needs to fight the people beneath him. Because when he fights the people above him, he doesn't rise to the challenge. Hopefully he can get some of that squared away, because I really like watching him fight. He's so dynamic, too. I mean, he's just cutting angles and stuff that you're not expecting. He could throw from the weirdest places. So I like him. Now we're going to talk about a fight real quick that I picked and you guys didn't. And I loved it. It was a, a really neat moment. Roman Kopilov defeating Alessio De Chirico. And he, this was kind of a comeback win of sorts. And man, it's nice to finally see him get a win because remember he had that amazing knockdown drag out fight with Duraev. And that was a, great fight but um 
he didn't he didn't get the nod in it and he got the nod here with an, a tremendous knockout man that was sensational uh eugene let me let me start with you because i actually saw you comment on one of the little um, clips i think that uh, yep. you you like the the knockout so you saw that yeah i i pay attention to you dude Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was, uh, oops, sorry. I thought that that was uh, actually impressive. I like to see combinations mm-hmm. because it's always, it's always in my mind, the combination and always, you know, it's like, uh, I, I don't know whether it's because of having paid attention to boxing for a bit of time, but when I see guys not putting together a combination, I was like, where are you training? And what was your first sport? Cause it's just weird to me. So that was, that was pretty solid. I, I guess it, it's also maybe a function of cardio. Like you're just trying to measure out, like, I, do I have enough to, you know, when I was doing stand up sparring with, uh, with Kung Lee and I would be standing up and I would like get one or two shots to the head. I would make a decision and go, ah, screw this. And I would just keep pouring them in and hoping that I, and of course, you know, and then you'd run out of rope and or run out of pier. <laughs> and then you have a very angry Kung Lee beating your head in for a spread of, you know, I couldn't put him away with the shots, but I'm always amazed when guys don't. And I'm always super pleased when guys do. So, yeah, Sergey, that was that, that that was nice. Uh, Roman, I'm sorry is his name, but yeah, that, that was pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. He's young, too. Actually, that made, that made me feel bad a little bit because then I knew what dude was getting paid. And I, I hate to be that guy who always goes back to that. But, mm. you know, it's a reality. And I'm sure it's more a John's reality than mine because he knows the actual numbers and figures. But, you know, any any times, oh, he's young, too. And I know that's slang for he's Actually, getting robbed financially. I'm a little off. It's that he's got that super youthful face, but he's actually 31. He just turned 31 a couple months ago. But my goodness, his face is a baby face. But it's nice to see him get the win because, man, he yeah. fights his heart out every single fight. He is leaving it. He's the classic example of leaving it all in the cage. I mean, I'm looking at his picture here on Tapology, and he's won some Russian belt or something. And he's got white shorts on and they're just bloody as shit, you know, and every one of his fights is like that. So I that's why I picked him when you guys you you wanted to see how he did in this. That's what you said, Eugene. And I think John said something similar. But um every single fight he's had has been just amazing and it's nice to see him finally get the win. John, what's your take? Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. I said something and then right after John said something amazingly similar. That's just kind of funny. <laughs> Let me tell you, okay, I was sparring with Kung Lee. And um, <laughs> just, no, okay, no. Excuse now, me, you I, dropped a name there. <laughs> that was for you, Eugene. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Go ahead, John. So I now I can't remember. Oh, this. Uh, no, I. What, funny about this fight was that I was watching it. I this is where I I can't. I had to take a. I had to work yesterday because we had uh, sweeps oh, delivery this week. Oh so. my goodness! I got to work. The, yeah, work on a holiday. Labor Day weekend. The labor has to work. This is ridiculous. So, but I know. can I can see the air quotes work. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, it was. You do not want to be doing what I'm doing. It's it's my. <laughs> it's just. It's awful. It's not hard. Well, it's not real work. Eugene doesn't still. normally go to the uh, recycling place to cash in forty <laughs> pounds of aluminum cans. <laughs> Ah, you not, set not. her up. She delivered. World. Save the world for uh, I'm sorry, John. I just couldn't help it. Uh, back to this fight that you guys, you know, let's stay focused, people. We got a job to do here. Uh, uh, I, I was watching this fight intently, and then I got a text. I look down, I look up, because I keep the audio low, and and Roman is sitting around, like, you know, crossing himself for, for in victory. And I'm like, what the hell happened? So I had to rewind and watch it. And it, it kind of lost the impact because I was really into the fight. But that was an impressive – I'm not going to go off on combos again because Eugene already talked about that. But I will just say it was an impressive <laughs> combo to talk at the end of the fight. Uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. I, I will definitely – uh, be picking him every time I see him on a card. I'm glad I remembered his name enough to pick him in this one. Um, now I'm gonna. Uh, well, that's reference... the nature of care. Don't care. It's yeah. developing familiarity <laughs> with names. Right? Now, and I'm I really reference... like his hair. 
I'm going to reference a, a nothing fight only because I saw something in this fight that absolutely boils Eugene's lobster. He hates oh, no. this with the force of a thousand suns. He hates this. And that is when guys insist on hugging between rounds. Yeah, and William yeah. Gomi and Jarno Aaron's did that in between rounds and I pointed at the TV and I told my husband, oh my God, Eugene is literally trying to punch through his TV right now. Yeah, yeah. But as I say, I'm, I'm watching it with the kid, you know, so I'm looking at Cora like some like, oh, 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 oh why, yo, why don't you tongue kiss him then? You know why, guy? And she's just kind of looking at me, just picking up on my energy, like not knowing, like, ah, why, why? Yeah, I, I don't, uh, you know, whatever. High five and low five and hug in, get grab These hand in. full on hug. And see, I told Eric that too. I said, he said, what's wrong? I was like, Eugene, Hates when they shake, bump fists, bump chests, hug, slap five, anything that isn't, let's fight. If it's not that, well, we don't well, listen, listen, some, some guy, I'm, I'm rolling with a purple belt yesterday, and I'm talking, you know, I never stop talking when I'm rolling or in any other circumstance. And the guy's being really quiet. And I go, oh, yeah, you got nothing to say. He goes, I got nothing to say. Cause see what you just did? And I was now made aware of the fact that I'm talking, and as soon as the guy responds, I'm conscious of the fact that he's not paying attention to fighting anymore, and I'm pulling stuff, right? Hmm. So as I say, man, you know, uh, what is a, you know, where'd you get those socks? The guy goes, oh, I got the boom, and I pull my arm out, and then I'm passing the guard, then my knees on his belly. I was con- he made me conscious of the fact that I do that. High five and low five is some version of of you know gamesmanship if played right but if both guys are like hugging and kissing and high five and low five you just got two guys who don't want to fight go home go home if you don't want to do this you know <laughs> see see uh earlier i banged into my mic stand so sorry if that loudness <laughs> disturbed anyone i thought that was i thought that was john's head hitting the table no it was me <laughs> i'm sorry about that anyways we have one more fight to discuss and it's one that we all picked and dang it, I don't like the fact that they booked Charles Jourdain so close after that absolute slobber knocker that he had with Shane Burgos, where we all thought that he won and Shane Burgos was gifted that decision. You know, it was just in July. So we're just a month, month and a half. You know, I think it was like five weeks removed from uh from this card and that fight was just insanity so then he's you know taking years off his life in that fight and they book him in here with nathaniel wood who also had a fight a week later but nathaniel wood didn't take the kind of punishment that charles jordan did so my problem here is that their manager specifically jordan's manager didn't try to talk him out of this or didn't say, hey, you know what? You just, you know, took a hellacious beating five weeks ago. Maybe it's a little too soon to pair you up with a guy that might give you a, another hellacious beating. And this time it won't be a gift decision. And guess what? Nathaniel Wood went in there and beat the brakes off Charles Jordan. And that sucked because I feel like if Charles Jordan had been a little more rested, we might've gotten a better fight. I think that Nathaniel Wood would have won either way because he's just better, but I think we would have gotten a much more competitive fight had they both been well rested, specifically Charles Jordan, because it's uncharacteristic of him to just completely gas before the second round because he looked winded in the first round. So Eugene, I'll start with you. I didn't see it. Ah, okay. John, did you? <laughs> no, and I have to say, because I was, you know, this started at noon. I was working on my jujitsu, so sorry. No, no problem. It actually started at 9 for you. 9 a.m. Uh-huh. Oh, really? So, yeah, for sure I didn't see this. <laughs> I thought it started at noon. Uh, John, how about you? 
Uh, I too did not see this, oh even though this goodness. was the, one of the fights I really wanted to see. I was I was working, got up early to I I'm, guess collect bottles, Eugene. according to you guys. I'm going to use Eugene's own words. Look at these two pro- professionals, and I'm using my air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would highly recommend both of you watch it. It's a very entertaining fight, Eugene. You would love it because Nathaniel Wood, another surgical dude, just took him apart. Yeah, both yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, he busted him up pretty bad so that when um, uh, Charles Jordan went for his post-fight presser interview, he went to all the trouble to go back, shower, change, put on his nice little suit, and he could not stop the bridge of his nose from bleeding. So there's lots of little clips running around today of Charles Jordan giving his post-fight interviews in a nice suit with his nose just continuously bleeding from the bridge right between his eyes, just running down his nose. That's, That's how good. That well, is. you know, it's good that he made the big money for that. That $3,000 check will come in oh handy. My goodness. And it all, here's what's so funny, why he wanted to be on this card. He's French Canadian. So he wanted to be on the France card. And I guess it didn't matter that he just got his brains beat in five weeks ago. <laughs> yeah and also also he doesn't he needs to spend a little bit more time in the world to know that french people think french canadians are garbage in right. the same way the same way that french canadians think haitians are garbage there's there are levels to this right also you start you go to france you start speaking french with a canadian accent it's just like they don't even talk to you you know i think also too is these um these guys and gals want to be fighting all the time because they need the money you've got you know vampire managers and then you've got vampire gyms too that also take a nice chunk of it you know you've got a manager some managers (laughs) take anywhere from Okay, the standard should be about 10%, but John, you know this very well. Some managers take 15, and I know Ken Pavia. And what's the big guy that um, went to jail, John? What was his name? Monty Cox. Monty Cox. Both of them took 20%. 20%. So when you have vampires out there like that, and I, I just can't – I cannot imagine what conor mcgregor play pays john cavanaugh for his shitty advice but anyways uh you've got a lot of vampires in the sport and then you've got your nutritionists and i keep seeing a bunch of people really like if you go to lauren murphy's timeline she talks extensively about the problem she had with a very popular nutritionist how he didn't recognize her symptoms of she had some really violent bug that i forget what it's called but if you go to her timeline boy she lays it out detail by detail and man you you, these nutritionists now it's um it's clearly that bro pseudoscience type thing going on with some of them. I'm not saying all of them, but some of them, boy, yikes. Anyhow. My, my, my favorite manager that I had to see in a rock venue, in a rock format, runs into the backstage room and, you know, addressing the needs of the band, said, uh, you guys need anything? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're actually kind of hungry. And he goes, uh, the food's in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> He's eating a sandwich as he says this. Twelve percent of the profits. He's just saying, "Oh yeah, it's it's over there. You you can you can walk in there and go get it." I mean, come on, <laughs> man, John. Any any final takeaways? I mean, yeah, managers take a lot of money for yeah. fighters. It's and, and it's sad too because in MMA and boxing, it makes more sense because managers, you know, they they orchestrate your career. Yeah, that's what you know because they they're. I mean, you look at how much Usyk or Andy Ruiz and these guys are making. Obviously, the managers, if you can go for making a few hundred thousand to five million, ten million more a fight, that's pretty impressive. In MMA, the the contracts are mostly just already out. You know, they're. It's 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 formulaic, so they don't do much, and yet they collect up twenty percent. A lot of them. Uh, also, I mean, it's almost like the UFC is managing some of these fighters through management, and I'm looking at Ali specifically. 
Yeah, there's a. I mean, there's an argument that the UFC that they're not managers, they're brokers. That yes. they 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 give you at, what they do for fighters and for the UFC is the UFC needs fighters. They go to these managers. The manager says, "I can get you into the UFC," and so the barrier to entry is not your skill; it's what manager you know because UFC will work with the guys that they like. Yeah. That sucks. Anyhow, we are going to move on to UFC 279. So, Eugene, would you do us that favor, please? Crybabies, bedwetters, greedy bread gobblers, work shy individuals, malingerers, fault finders. This has less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter, much more to do with the marketing have to wait put behind you by the now no longer failed folks at uh, now no longer failed IPO folks at Endeavor and or the Baldwin and the UFC. If you don't like being on the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple. Fight an exciting fight. Until then, don't come crying to us, bedwetters. All right. As always, we are working from the topology quick sheet from the bottom up. Bout order is subject to change. This fight card has 13 bouts on it. First one up, Darian Weeks versus Johan Lainess at welterweight. Do not care. Nope. How about you, John? Uh, no. All right. Next up at Strawweight, Elise Reed taking on undefeated Melissa Martinez. Do not care. They are not ranked. Nope. Yeah, no, no. All right. Next up. Wake me up when we get to a good one. All right. This one's pretty decent, but it's not ranked, so I'm not going to. Not going to really worry about it, but it probably will be a banger because of Haile Alatang. But he's taking on Chad and Helliger. Don't care, but it is bantamweight, so it's probably going to be a decent scrap. But again, can't get can't get worked up for it this early. No, no, no. I'm sorry. All right. How about you, John? Yeah, it's not relevant enough. All right. We have a women's featherweight bout. <laughs> yes, you heard me right. Featherweight. Norma Dumont taking on Danielle Wolf. Okay. This is odd. Danielle Wolf, 1-0. Oh. Norma Dumont, 7-2. and two. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even care, but I will watch because Norma Dumont can actually bang. I don't know who this Danielle Wolf is. Uh, how did this fight get approved? Norma Dumont's one of the highest rated fighters in the UFC in that weight class, isn't she? I mean, what's, I don't know what her UFC rankings is right now, but. She can crack. Yeah. I, I, li- I, I, I like to call this chum. Wow. And this girl, this 1 and 0 girl, is 38. However, she is five foot eleven. <laughs> Good God! Yeah. I, I mean, you, know, you, you, yeah, you know what chum is, right? Oh, you know what? She is from Dana White's Contender Series, but way uh, back in twenty twenty, it's been two years since she had a fight. She had one fight um against Tanisha Tennant and she won a unanimous decision. So we have a 38-year-old 1 and 0 fighter taking on one of the best strikers uh in in women's sports because Norma Dumont can crack. At first I didn't think she was very much, but she has come she's come along. Now she just lost recently to Macy Chazon in a split decision. But um, Macy Chazon is pretty good. So she beat Aspen Ladd. She beat Felicia Spencer. She beat Ashley Evans-Smith. She's pretty good. So her fi- her fighting a 38-year-old 1-0 fighter, wow. This, yeah. This says, well, first of all, to answer Eugene's question, I know what Chum is. I, I watched Chum the other day again. Yeah. So, yeah. So did, did, did that hold up? It's it's amazing that movie that really holds up. Really? It's, okay, yeah, all right. I think all right, it's, right. it's 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 very good. Uh, but this has the makings of uh, that soccer mom fight all over again in my yes. Without, yeah, without knowing, I mean, maybe she's super good, this woman, but uh, this looks like soccer mom mm. fight. So I mean, it has the I could possibly. But what's strangely enough is I had no interest before until we I realized until you told me about this fight. Now I'm suddenly interested. You want to pick it? I mean, hey. I, I mean, I'm picking Norma. She's going to kill her, but that's what I'm interested in. Is like, is she going to murder this poor woman? That's got. I mean, who knows? Maybe the woman's good though. So, oh. uh, yes, I'm, I'm I'm going with Norma because I I think she's going to kill her because I don't know the other woman with one fight. You'd imagine, mm-hmm. but maybe they know something we don't. And. For those out there thinking, why is she saying Norma Dumont is so good? Because 145 is not deep. That's why. 
So you're in a division here where there are very few women. However, I will say this, Norma Dumont can crack. Just watch her last few fights. She hits like a truck. So that's that's also why I'm saying it. Okay, next up. Oh, uh, Eugene, did you want to pick this as well? Since it's an obvious, you know. <laughs> nope. Seems like it's a showcase fight for Norma, but we'll see. Anyways, I'm not picking it either. John, you'll be uh, solo on that. Next up, we have Jake Collier taking on Chris Barnett. And man, Chris Barnett's... Um, he relayed a story that made me cry my eyes out because oh, in no. his last fight, uh, he lost his last fight, but um, during that fight week, his late, now late fiance was oh, in God. the hospital with a brain tumor and she was dying. And he, they called him that week and told him, you, know, you have a decision to make. That's what he said. Oh my God. I, man, Ooh, that took me out. So, yeah, yeah. I would like to see him win this fight, but Jay Collier is actually showing himself to not be terrible when when matched appropriately. And unfortunately, I think this might be an appropriate match for Jay Collier to get a win. I'm not going to pick this fight because I like Chris and I don't want to see him get beat up. But I think that that might be the case here. So I'm just going to pass on this fight. Yeah, Jess. yeah. I don't, I don't care. Okay, John. Yeah, I, I like Chris Barnett, but it's it's just it's not relevant enough. Yeah. All right, next up, uh, Jamie Pickett versus Dennis Tulunin or Tulunin at one eighty five, and this is a perfect example of what we were talking about with middleweight. This is the kind of middleweight fodder you get, and then you have I don't even know what constitutes mid and low in in middleweight right now. It just seems like everybody's in this whole conglomerate and then you have the top guys there's like no line of delineation between low and mid really at middleweight would you agree I, i'm just liking your use of the word delineation <laughs> I, 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 I know that john is looking it up now especially so that's yeah. really gives me quite a good news yeah there's a there's a kids in the hall skit with that oh the person won't stop saying delineate and then they then they they heard the word ascertain, and so it switches <laughs> to that. Use that. <laughs> uh, but no, I I mean what you said, I agree, Steph. There is no. It's this is just a fight. It's a yeah. you know I recognize Jamie Pickett's name. It's I, you know it's recognizable names, but it's like it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And here's their records. Dennis Tulian is ten and six, and Jamie Pickett is thirteen and seven. That's the fodder we're getting. All right, next up. This is weird. This match is at 220, so we have a catchweight bout here between, I like this guy, Jailton Almeida, but he's taking on a guy, Anton Turkaj. Okay, Jailton Almeida is 16-2, and two, Anton Turkaj is 8-0. and oh. um, Jailton Almeida is an exciting fighter. I'm going to pass on this because I'm not familiar with Anton Turgash, and I know that he has an 8-0 record, but look, we're already at a catch weight here. There's a problem already. So I'm going to pass on it, but I will probably watch it. I just wouldn't inter, uh, you know, recommend it right now based on that stuff. Uh, John, what do you think? I think they're setting up a future Bridger weight title. Give the <laughs> UFC another belt. Uh no, I have no interest. John, I mean, uh, Eugene, how about you? Jeez, just, yeah, <laughs> boy. I see how it's easy to have that happen, you know? I say something he says. It's really, uh, but I, I don't care. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift the page from his book and say what he just said. I, I don't care. All right. Now, we do have a fun fight coming up, but I don't know where I would put this. Julian Rosa taking on Hakeem Dawadu. <sighs> Man, I don't know if I want to. I don't want no, want to recommend no, no. it, but I'll watch it. I'm gonna pass on it though. I, it's yeah, I'm gonna I pass. Step featherweight though, it's probably gonna be good, but I'm gonna take a flyer on it. John, oh man, that's hard because it is relevant, but I'm not super. I'm not feeling it. I'm not super excited. Right. Part of it might problem. be I'm just you know not. I'm not paying as much attention to MMA right now because stupid work, but. Uh, but it is. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I I think by the time the fight comes around, I'll be I'll be intrigued enough by it that I'll I'll care. And so I'm gonna go with the uh, 
Uh, I'm going to go with win, don't, don't lose, is what he's trying to say. No, no it's not it win, don't lose. This is a, it is. This it is a, does... It's relevant. It's a close fight, actually. It's not like a gimme. It's not like it's, you know. Julian oh. Rosa is a banger, and Hakeem Dewadu is a technician. So this ought to be a good fight. I got to go with Dewadu. I think he'll he'll take it. All right, Dewadu. I'm still going to pass on it. I will watch it for sure, but I, I'm going to pass on it. Because when we get into the main card, which is the next fight, they're all bangers, all five of them. And I'm going to pick every last one of them. So without further ado, banger number one, Ewan Kutalaba versus Johnny Walker. Oh, Oh, my Mm -hmm. goodness. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. Two boneheads that are just going to slang and bang Oh my God. I don't even know who I think I'm going to take Kutalaba because Johnny Walker's chin just seems so fragile. Correct. Yeah. So I am going to, we have, Oh, by the way, Ewan is 16 and seven, 16, seven and one. And Johnny is 18, seven and Oh, but I feel like Ewan can take a more than Johnny can. So I am definitely taking Kutalaba here. Yeah, I, I, I'm that soundly reason, and, and I, 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 I have, I have anyway. less, I have less faith in Johnny Walker than I do in Kudalaba. Yeah. So, I mean, you love watching both of them, but I know that you're very, yep. very keen on Kudalaba for some reason. I think we all yeah, like the Hulk yeah, yeah. thing. Yep, right. the Hulk thing. Yep, John. I, I honestly have. I don't care for this fight at all. I, I find them. I mean, not to be mean, but they're both losers in the sense that they're, they're yeah. if you take their last five fights, they don't look impressive either. But they're, they're going, so exciting. How they're exciting in the sense they it? throw down and, yeah, sure, that's, you know, for non, you know, to rock them, sock them type, someone's going to get knocked out yeah. probably. But I just, I just look at it and go, man, this is the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, but part of our, yeah. part of our ethos is fight an exciting fight. And these two, they, they are personifications, living, breathing definitions of it. I mean, that's our main ethos, too. You added in the, the relevance. That's, yeah, in, I have a, yeah, yeah, that's my, I just, I mean, they might fight an exciting fight, but I just won't be able to get past the, gotcha. you know, that these guys just are not much. I mean, they might be even ranked as light heavyweights trash to begin with, but. They are both ranked inside the top 15, I believe. And the UFC rank, see, that's just, that's sad right there. Yeah. So, um, all right. So you're going to take a flyer, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, this one matters and it's a good fight. You got a good striker against a good wrestler. This is at women's bantamweight. It is Irina Aldana versus Macy Chazon. Who I like this and I am so torn on which one I want to take. <sighs> Screw it. I think I'm going to take Aldana. Oh, that's good choice. Good, good quality choice there. John, mm. Eugene. Uh, uh, well, I'll go. I care, and I was. I'm taking exactly who you're taking. All right. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. I, you know, I, me, go ahead. I was it purely because I always confuse her name with the Irene Adler from the Sherlock Holmes stories. So. <laughs> Well, Macy is – here's the thing. I think I, – I can almost imagine that Eugene's going to go with Macy because she's a jiu-jitsu specialist and very, very good wrestler. She's got good striking yeah, I, too. I want to – I always want to pick Macy, but then wh- who was she fighting last? Hold on. I will tell you who she just beat. She beat Norma Dumont. Wow. She beat oh. Norma Dumont just in May. The only, her only loss in her past four fights was to Raquel Pennington, and that was to, to a guillotine choke. So there's really not any shame in that. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Macy then. That's that's my thing. All right, Macy, you like her. You have always yep, liked yep, her. You've been picking yep, her for yep, a long yep, time. Yep, yep. That's true. All right, now we get to. I, I love this fight too. Daniel Rodriguez, whew, this dude is awesome. And Kevin Holland, who is also awesome. Man, I like Kevin Holland. He's funny as shit. And uh, you know, he just got arrested recently for, for traffic violations for his tickets that were piling up. And he said, he said, I'm going to stop helping y'all fight crime and catch all these criminals since y'all won't fix my tickets. 
Yeah. And that just seems yeah. like a Eugenism right there. You know, I'm out here catching. He caught three criminals so far. Three. I know. Yeah. And then they're busting his balls over like parking tickets. And yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Alan Iverson parking tickets, parking tickets. <laughs> We're talking about parking tickets, right? You know, come on. I know people who have gone to jail for parking tickets. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Um, let me give you some background on both of these guys. Uh, Kevin Holland is 23-7. and seven. Daniel Rodriguez is 16-2. and two. Uh, Let's go back through their last couple of fights. All right. Um, Holland is on a two-fight streak. He had that nasty Darce choke over Tim Means. In round two, but he was beaten, Tim means handily. We have the win over Alex Oliveira with a right hook, you know, basically. And then he followed him down and beat the crap out of him. He uh, lost to Marvin Vittori and to Derek Brunson. No shame in those losses. Both of them have competed for the belt right after they beat him. So there's no shame. They hold up well. He beat Jacare. He beat Charlie Ontiveros, Darren Stewart, Joaquin Buckley, Anthony Hernandez. He's got a laundry list of good names. All right, so those that's Kevin Holland. Now let's go over here and check out Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez um, has the he basically sent Kevin Lee packing. He has a win over someone named Preston Parsons. He's got a win over Mike Perry. He lost to Nicholas Dalby. Win over Dwight Grant. I'm looking at this and I'm taking Kevin Holland. Yeah, me too. I, I was going to stop you. See, we don't even have to talk anymore about yep. this, but go ahead. How about you, John? Yeah, I think I got to go with Holland, but I have a question. Has uh, Rodriguez been out with an injury or something? Because the last he fought was, it's got to be like a year ago, right? Um, let me take he hasn't a look been back. Fighting lately. He's been, I mean, he's got a string of decent, memorable it's been wins. A year against and Campbell. three days. And that was okay, when so. he sent Kevin Lee out. So you're in three days. I don't know if there was an injury because this is the booked fight that normally on topology, if there has been, um, an injury or another fight where he had to pull out of something. They normally have a little note here, but I don't see a note here yet. Yeah. There's mm. no note here at all. Uh, just, uh, just, he's been gone from, mm. you know, out of sight for a while. So I was wondering what happened, but anyways, I'm going to go with Holland. I mean, okay. he's, you know, he's looked pretty good lately. All right. So Holland next up, we get to the co-main event, man. Gosh. Whew. Tony Ferguson, this is one of those fights where I, I'm going to be watching through my fingers versus one of my favorites, Li Jingliang. Jing Lang. I got to take Jing Lang. Jin? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I almost don't care because it's Tony. I just he's just such a downward yeah. fall off the cliff. Yeah. This is at Tony 170. Just, I yeah. should note. Tony's making the move up. He's been fighting at 155 for an, over a decade. So this is uh, his. Yeah, it's just this yeah. can be bad. Right, at, really? At, uh, harder, and, bigger guys throwing harder against mm-hmm. against a guy that's chins. I mean, I just his, his, his career just he's in a, just not who he was. Yeah. And that's I just don't think he's going to suddenly find new life at 170. So I'm going to go with uh, Lee. All right. Yeah. And the more John talks, the sadder I get. I'm actually sitting here thinking about. Stepping out of picking this one, though, that's inadvisable because I will watch and I will care. And I think I'll care for actually healthy pro-social reasons, which is like, I don't think the guy should be in there. And I want to be the first to say that. But, yeah, I'm going to pick Jingalang, Jingalang, Lang, Lang. That's a tribute to the late, great Bernie Mac from that movie Life with Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy, where he said, Jingalang, Jingalang, that's my name, Jingalang. <laughs> All right. Then we get to the main yeah. event. Another sad one, but I can't take a flyer on it because Kamzat Shemaev <clears throat> is the future, pretty much. So he's taking on Nate Diaz. You can never count out a Diaz because in the third round, they just don't give a shit and they start throwing everything but the kitchen sink. And like we saw with Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards, he damn near came close to knocking Edwards out. I think. If he had managed to land that in the second round, he might have been able to finish him. But he was so tired in the third, and he'd gotten his ass beat literally all the way up until that moment. You can't, in your reasonable mind, pick Nate Diaz here. If either one of you is even thinking about that, I'm going to smack you. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I guess you're going to have to smack me. Oh, my goodness. Um, Eugene, are you serious? I'm thinking, you know, listen, like there, I mean, look, there, there are a couple of temptations, right? Mm-hmm. There's always that temptation of shitting on the uh, on the cake, right? Mm-hmm. And there are a couple a couple of ways you, you can do that. Uh, like last, con- last fight in the contract, I'm going to spoil your little stupid party before I go off and fight Jake Paul. I beat your guy, take the wind out of the sails. And it's not like there's a dearth of real wrestlers on that team, you know? I mean, Jake Shields is a lifelong wrestler, right? So this is not... It's not like he doesn't have people who can come in, you know, shoot a double leg really hard and have the same kind of power. The question is, how much does Nate care, right? I mean, it's like, fine, this is what I need to do to get out. Okay, haha, you beat me, big deal. Um, but is he, you know, is he going to walk in and get, is he going to try or is he going to lonely, you know, loneliness is a long distance running his way out? Just like, yeah, I'm not trying. I don't give a shit. I want out. I want out of this company. I'm finished. Is he going to try? How badly is he going to let the other guy chump him? I mean, a lot of like X factors here. Um, and of course I want to be team two time, but I've also seen them do really super inadvisable things like not pouring it on to a third round. Like, like you, like you're fighting in pride or like you got a five round fight in front of you, you know, half-ass trying. So I would, I'm going to say this, I would really, really like him to win. Mm -hmm. I think we all would. However, I just think that this is, you know, I mean, we don't have a rule set for how we make these picks. And I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, we're picking people who we think are going to win, not who we want to win. And I think that uh, I think that the upside, even the jungle wants Hamsat to win. So um, I don't think that I don't think the stupid mistakes that he could make that Nate is going to be fast enough to capitalize on. So I'm going to have to pick Hamsat on this. All right. And I and I do it so begrudgingly. You don't know. I would rather take the L on this than 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 to be. And in fact, in fact, it's the kind of thing where if Nate were to win, I would be punching myself in the face from now till the end of 2022. But you'd be glad he won. And that's the thing. Yeah, it, it would somewhat make up for the fact that I have to punch myself in the face until the See? end of the year. But you know what I mean? Exactly. So, Chimaev. All right. John, let's hear you. Yeah, this I, it's very. I mean, I'd love to see Nate win. I'd love. I think if I'm Nate, come in, poke him in the eyes, kick him in the balls, start off the match just like that, and and keep doing it. You know, what the hell? What do you got to lose? Because you're gonna get killed. It's this has got to be. Chimaya's got to be like a negative one thousand favorite at least minimum. However, so, we when when those odds get up like that, strange yeah. things start to happen. Ten That's bucks will go ch- a long way, man. You know, you know what? I'm tra- this this card is trash for pay. You know what? My big recommendation for everybody: if you want to save money, I mean, you know, I'm not. I don't want to convince people like Nate has a shot because I don't think you know. I don't want people to think, oh, I better get it. He might. What if? This card, Nate's going to sadly lose. It's a terrible matchup, a complete mismatch. This is going to be Rory McDonald, but worse versus Nate. Back when Nate moved up to 170, that back in the old days, and just got you know thrown around left and right. So he's. I'm picking Shamayev as much as I would like Nate to go out and you know and at least look good enough. So he's not his career's not ruined, but I got a feeling he's just going to get beat to hell, and he's going to be out of action for months on end, recovering. And and then you look at the rest of this pay per view, and it's like how how can you even justify? paying for this mm-hmm. especially with all their constant hikes because remember not only did the pay-per-view go up this year espn subscription rate went up this year as well not only that if you're a boxing fan the zones rates went up too so this this streaming is going to make everything better and it's going to be cheaper than cable y'all lied <laughs> y'all totally lied yep Yep. All right. So we each have some picks. All right. Eugene and I have five picks apiece, but John uncharacteristically has six picks. So Eugene, you know what he's playing, right? Yeah, I know what he's playing. It's a game of desperation called win, don't lose. John, defend yourself. Yeah, I just... I don't have to defend myself. I'll be looking down from you guys from top of the perch when I'm up there again. When I'm when I'm on the- top of creation, and there's the only explanation you can find. Of course, if you lose, oh boy, you will get it. <laughs> All right, 
Eugene, I think I started first with you last time. So I'll start first with you, John. What you got going on? Where can you find you? Where can we find you on social media? Well, on social media, you can find me at, at Hey Not The Face. Uh, last week, I had an episode of Crooklyn's Corner where yes. we talked about uh, MMA finances, fight purses, and, and film. And leverage. Uh, and leverage. And then I also did an episode of Show Money. Um and then uh, that's that's it. I got I don't know what I got coming out this week, if anything. Okay. Eugene, you got some good stuff on the Substack. Yeah, I got um I'm gonna talk about something uh, on the Substack uh, that everybody else has has probably already made themselves privy to, but I'm gonna talk about uh, I'm gonna go media this week and I'm gonna talk about Better Call Saul and uh, it's a philosophical treatise. So there's that, there's a Eugene S. Robson show stomper. A uh, Wong duty this week, I have an up and coming stand-up comedian, but I'm pretty 100% sure almost that he's gonna knife me in the back and duck the interview time because that's the way these guys do me. So I don't have any, and it's a short week because we have a holiday, so I may not have another uh, live five out. If I do, it'll be distributed via the either LinkedIn, if you find me on LinkedIn, but usually mostly through the, the Twitter machine. Um, so there, there, there is that. And then there's uh, If the Shoes Fit. And it, presuming we live until next week, the cycle begins again. Question. You said you got a treatise on Better Call Saul. I hope it's a good one. You liked it, right? Man, I love that show. It's almost a perfect show. Yeah, yeah. It was a p- pretty phenomenal show. Yay. But uh, to, uh, spoiler spoiler alert, I think they whiffed it in the end. It's spoil, spoil, spoiler alert. I better take off my headphones. I can't. I haven't seen the end of that. We're uh, not going uh, to spoil for it. Just don't, just, just don't read Don't read the sub stack until you have. Oh, that's all. Oh, that's easy. I never read your sub stack. <gasps> ah, ah, no, I'm just kidding. I, I read it. I, I, guarantee, I guarantee you that you have just guaranteed yourself copious mentions in it that if you tell me that. He it. actually is subscribed to your Substack. I know he reads it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, well, you know us. what I love about that? They let me know who unsubscribes. So I was like, ah, oh, I see. Yeah. I see. That's what it is. Yeah, I believe yeah, both of us okay. are paying subscribers too. So yeah, yeah, I know yeah. He that's reads right. It. That's right. <laughs> I, this, this, this I do know. I know. I'm keeping tabs see? like Santa Claus. See, because we are the preferred readers. That's right. That's right. Not yeah. like John. John pays you know. too. Oh, uh, we're, uh, I'm, I'm not sorry. the only you know one. What? You don't want me to pay. I'm sorry, John. I, I was talking about yeah. the other job. The other job. <laughs> the, the other one. <laughs> it's, oh, a, it's a common name, you know. There's another guy. <laughs> John Freddy, that, guy. Like, like, John, yeah, that, that John, guy. Light yeah, him yeah. up. You yeah. got your opportunity here. Light him up. He's that guy. Yeah, nah, he's a good guy. He's not gonna do that. <laughs> he's he he's no Nate. <laughs> oh <my> goodness. <laughs> All right. So that's that's time for us to wrap the show. Uh, Do me a favor. uh, Please stay safe until the next time and do join us again next week. Thank you for listening to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, hop over to the Bloody Elbow Presents SoundCloud and iTunes pages, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We are also on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the MMA Vivisection, the Level Change Podcast, the Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, exclusive fighter interviews, show money, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter, at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com.